Africa is a place to do business and not just charity. I'm sure a lot of people listening are used to being the first, one of one, the only. The most important thing that anyone with any particular privilege or power can, can do is to actively be agent and agent for change. Black founders in the UK only received 0.24% of venture capital funding. Because being the only actually changes the shape of a room. Precious Will, thank you for pulling up a seat today, episode two. I wanted to deliberately start this podcast with some hard-hitting facts that really stuck in my mind during the research for this and ones that I hope we can go into throughout this podcast. The first is between 2010 and 2020, black founders in the UK only received 0.24% of venture capital funding. The second one that I found particularly hard hitting was that here in the UK today, 88% of black businesses are self-funded. Again, another hard hitting fact to start with, but one that is important to shape this conversation. Will, over to you. Now, I know you very well. You're a partner here at a and You're a leader in the firm, a role model to many, including myself, even if you wouldn't like to admit it. And this is the professional side of you. But today, I would love to get to know a tiny bit about Will, who's not the partner, Will, who's not the leader at work. Will is a husband, um, is a good friend to a lot of people, and is inspired by the people he works with. Um, the I'm blessed in being someone that does a job which does really fascinate me and I get to spend time working and learning from people from all kinds of different backgrounds but you know ultimately I'm a I'm a I'm a happy member of a happy team I love that thank you Will and Precious I know actually in my in my deep dive of you you actually started with a work experience scheme was it within A&O and then you've gone on to do incredible things including most recently being at Google um, tell us a bit about that and a bit about you and your journey yeah, so funnily enough, I am a young girl from South London who wanted to be a lawyer. And so at the age of 16, I did a work experience scheme at A&O called the Smart Start Scheme, where we spent two weeks learning about corporate law. And fast forward, you know, five or six years, having done a proper vacation scheme at another law firm, I decided not to do law, um, but actually to pursue running educational programs for young people, because I just felt that I had a lot of energy to share with people who, like me, may have thought they wanted to do one thing when they were younger and then changed their minds. So a bit of a jump, but I basically figured out that I wanted to help change the narrative of founders from backgrounds and countries that were traditionally overlooked. Um, and so then moved into venture capital, working with connecting founders with one another and investors, and finally landed at Google where I could kind of do the two, bring together the storytelling of founders who um, were from underrepresented backgrounds or overlooked backgrounds, and then also be able to connect them with the right people using the brand of a big organization like Google. Perfect, thank you. And that takes me back to the stats at the start here. Google for startups, that's something you've been a huge part of and something A&O has joined you on with that journey. What is Google for startups and how does that then lead on to the Black Founders Fund and the $35 million that have come out of it for Black Founders? Yeah, so Google for Startups is an organization that looks to level the playing field for underrepresented founders by connecting them with the best of Google's people, products and best practices. Why did you choose as a partner at A&O to be involved in that with Google? And what was your main driver behind that decision? 
I think, I mean, some of the stats you quoted at the beginning were kind of one of the drivers. You know, I, my practice, as you know, is exclusively in technology, so I work with founders on, on the daily. Um, but, you know, you don't see as many founders as you should from, in particular, the black community. Um, so when we were thinking about how we could level the playing field or help to level the playing field and, you know, focus on a more equitable relationship um, within the market, you know, it became very apparent to us that that was an area where we could help. Um, now, partnering with Google was fantastic because, you know, you have the, the depth and the resources to kind of find these amazing, amazing companies mm -hmm. and the network, which then we can kind of help, help support. Um, and so as a, as, a, as a firm and as a business, it was a no-brainer because suddenly you're, you're surrounded by dynamic, interesting, driven people, who, all of whom just need like a little bit of better access, a little bit of mentoring, a, the, the access to the stuff which, you know, frankly, for some is just expected. Um, you know, it, it is, it is, it, and, and applying that, you know, the, the resources we have, which which we are we are blessed in having some of the best yeah. legal minds in the market. You know, that that was an easy thing for us to kind of kind of come and come and do. And I think the point you made about access was really key because actually when we did that event, yes, it was off the back of our work together in terms of Google and Alan and Overy, but we were able to invite the KPMG Black Entrepreneurs Award. Yeah. We were able to um, invite founders from the BEO F100 growth program because whilst Google may have quite easy access to Alan and Overy, actually then these other organizations were getting access with their Black Founders programs as well yeah. via the Google Black Founders program because once a community has initial access, then we're able to actually spread it further along, which means that the founders in those programs who were even earlier than our founders get the knowledge they need before they make mistakes and have to come round, you know, six months later. The network effect is really exciting. Yes. It's because that, that's when you start seeing people making connections. And the event that we held in, in Fuse was a good example of that because we had people like meeting each other the first time and then actually reconnecting from and, and sharing experiences and then able to connect with partners in our team to say, I have a question about data privacy or like, how should I go about my term sheet? Things which, again, like a lot of people have access to, but that community, you know, didn't, it's not as readily available within, within the network, but you know, that was part of the excitement, I think. One of the, one of the quotes that I love most and I use all the time, Precious, I love your thoughts on this is it's about creating seats at the table, but if you can't create seats at that table, let's create a new table and invite everyone to pull up a seat. Mm. Do you think that's what you're doing here with the Google Black Founders Fund? I think yes, in a way, especially because when, when you have a seat at the table, number one, you don't know how long it's gonna last, but number two, you come to understand what is there and recognize that maybe you do just need to create a new one so that there is more space. So my time at Google for startups has come to an end, but because I've been able to help other people running similar programs, gain access to organizations like Alan Overy, they're able to do that work, even though I'm not in the same place anymore. And that has always been my intention with bringing in other members of like my community to the spaces where I enter, because actually if you're there forever, you're not growing. And so you need to help yeah. others grow into those spaces as well. And one thing I have found in this space and would love your take on it, and it's something I reflect on often, is working in diversity or touching upon something that works in diversity is both personal and professional. How do you navigate the two when you're working in this space, when it is personal to you as well? Mm. So my role at Google for Startups was probably my first role that focused specifically on work 
within diversity. So my role actually was as a program lead for Google for Startups that ran a Black Founders Fund. So it wasn't necessarily DEI focused, but it meant that I could access other areas. So working within all aspects of the organization without them, without people thinking, oh, this is another diversity initiative. Because sometimes when you speak about diversity, for those with privilege, the shutters come down, they kind of switch off because it feels like additional work. Whereas actually it's supposed to be, it's supposed to be a normal part of our everyday lives. Mm -hmm. And so I found it incredibly rewarding to be able to do it, knowing that I am pushing forward, um, pushing forward work that, uh, that has diversity at its core without having necessarily to say, you should be doing this diversity work. Because actually I feel people are a lot more open to taking part because they see it as another part of their everyday. And for you, Will, as a leader in the space, of course, you have to be doing the right thing from a business perspective, but on a personal level, why do you choose to engage in topics like this? Yeah, I mean, so on a personal level, I find it a little bit difficult to distinguish between the two because it, 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 to your point, it's not, it's, it's something that needs to be, it's a lens through which everything should be viewed, essentially. Yeah. It's not a, oh, and personally, I'm quite committed to diversity. It's, it, it, would, it seems odd to me that that wouldn't just be the way that you would view the world that, you know, have we, are we representative? Is, are the people around this table, you know, involved and engaging and feeling as if they have, you know, equity and ownership in what we're doing? Um, and, you know, my experience of, you know, being engaged with programs which are kind of in, in the firm and outside has always been enriching. It is never, it, it, you, you are never ever going to walk away from a situation where you've, you've, you've been intentional around DE&I and it not have been a better result. It is always going to be better. Um, so it's, it's a no-brainer, no but it's, again, it's just part of, it's part of the fabric of, of what we should, and should be and, to my, to my mind, are. No, I completely agree. And Precious, what's next? What, what is the next big thing for you or what are you hopeful for for the coming months? So in the coming months, I am focusing more on working with African founders, actually. So the Black Founders Fund at Google continues to run. And so in the four geographies, the US, Europe, Africa, and Brazil, we are still supporting founders with equity-free funding as well as programming. But for me personally, I'm going to focus on working with founders in Sub-Saharan Africa, helping them to raise funds. Because whilst I think it's become the norm now to understand that founders within Black founders within Europe continue to need support. Actually, in Africa, it's now feeling like founders in general are finding it much more difficult to raise funding as a whole because of the way the economy is going. And you said something really pivotal to me that I would love to bring up during our prep exercise. What was that and why is it so pivotal? Yeah, so I, I was saying that like Africa is a place to do business and not just charity, because fundamentally, when we're looking at opportunities now, there are a lot of things that need to be fixed on the ground in the continent. And that represents a business opportunity, not a charitable opportunity, because there are founders who are very well educated and are willing to build the businesses, but the infrastructure and the capital does not exist. And so now we're looking at where can we find that in order to not only help improve the ecosystem and improve the lay of the land but also help people make returns on their investment because this is venture capital we are in a capitalist economy and i like nice things okay africa is a place to do business not just charity 
I love that. And I think that's such a standout as part of this conversation. For a lot of people, diversity is something where they have to juggle alongside leadership, team environment, everything else. You do that juggling. What advice do you have for people that say they don't quite have time to do this or focus on it in the same way that you have focused on it? The important thing is that it's not just me, it's a big team around me. Um, and the thing that makes, has made it easier for me to juggle um, is, is surrounding myself with um, talented, inspirational people who challenge me and will say, actually, well, you know, maybe that doesn't kind of sound quite right, or maybe that's not the emphasis that we should be going for. So I'm con it's not just a, like, right, we're going this way. It is surrounding yourself with a group of people. Um, but that point I made earlier um, around the that viewing viewing everything through a lens of DEI, you know, asking yourself it being the first question, not the last. When you look at a team, you know, thinking about that point, that is, it, it's just adding that 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 filter, as I say, that means that everything passes through it, and then it becomes natural. It needs to become second nature. It should be like breathing. It, it should be an element of your day to day that just is a muscle reflex. And as someone with influence, what would be your one hope? for the future within the next five years, either at the firm or more broadly, how would you like to use your voice? I mean, I think the most important thing that anyone with any particular privilege or power can, can do is to actively be agent, an agent for change. You know, being that kind of change agent, understanding what your power and your privilege is and can do is an enormous kind of, enormously important thing. But a lot of people don't actually realize, you know, what they can, can do. Precious, one of the things that has stayed with me for the last year, and you probably won't even remember the conversation we had, was we were on a call and you said to me, Justin, I am used to being the first, the only within a room and being one of one whenever you're sat at a table or in a big organization. And I don't think you'll remember that conversation, but it has stuck with me for the last year. I'm sure a lot of people listening are used to being the first, one of one, the only, and they really struggle to get past that and to carry on in a positive light. What advice would you have and how have you pushed through those barriers? Yeah, I actually, yeah, I do remember that conversation. I would say two things. One, try to make sure you're not the only one as quickly as possible. And it's not because those environments are hostile. Actually, I have enjoyed working with people who recognize my difference and celebrate it because actually I bring a lot to the table and I recognize that. But actually bringing more people in also helps them to realize that my being unique is not me being the representative of every other black Nigerian British woman who grew up in South London. And they bring other perspectives and other ideas that I cannot because we have all come from different spaces. So trying to collaborate with other people when you have the resources to work with other organizations that come from similar backgrounds to you means that you're helping others diversify their vendor list, their collaborators, etc. But secondly, also take every opportunity, as scary as it sounds, every opportunity to to host an event or to speak on a podcast or to go to an event because being the only actually changes the shape of a room. And even if you don't like that experience, the impact that you have from a conversation that you may not remember can do wonders for other people coming up after you. And one of the biggest takeaways for me in trying to curate this podcast is 
to find people that use their voice for change. And both of you are doing that. And I just wanted to thank you for doing that. Thank you.